He's big and strong, he's sad and mad, and a little bit funny. You are listening to the Crash Program. Hello, Crash Barry here. It's been a very busy spring and early summer. But we're back with a new episode of Disinfomaniacs, part three of our look at the neo-Nazi looking to set up a compound for fellow haters in the town of Springfield, Maine. Plus, we have several more episodes in the works about some real whack jobs. So please tell your family, friends, and others about the show. To support our work, visit Crashberry.com. Visit Crashberry.com for Patreon links or for more info about my books, film, and upcoming crash courses. Now, on with the show. Disinfomaniacs is a podcast about the liars, the grifters, and the fascist charlatans intent on destroying democracy. We will be reporting on how their propaganda trickles down to negatively impact local communities. We are here to expose, debunk, and rebunk the Disinfomaniacs. Welcome to episode five of Disinfomaniacs. I'm Crash Berry, along with historian and fellow Chud Hunter, Andy O'Brien. How we doing? <laughs> How you doing, Andy? Good, good. I'm, I'm very excited to hear an update about the hammer. We're going to talk about the hammer. Our pal Nathan Bernard, he's off today on an undercover assignment that we can't talk about right now. But today, we're going to, I guess, unfortunately, continue our discussion of Chris Polhouse, aka Hammer, the neo-Nazi setting up a compound in the town of Springfield, Maine. If you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, please go back and listen. We'll wait for you. Those are very important. Okay, Andy, while I know there are many other chuds in Maine that we need to focus on, it seems like lately I've been keeping a very, very close on Hammer because I feel like we're the only one watching him. And I got to say, the dude keeps busy. Do you remember uh, last episode when I showed you the initiation ceremony with like they have the um, spear and they cut themselves on the spear? Yeah. Oh, yes. He has done that initiation this summer at least three times in Maine. Huh. So there are at least four initiated Mainers into the blood tribe. Oh, jeez. And just like that video that I showed you before, do you remember, like, the thing is so dull, they, they have to, like, hack their hands on it? Yeah, just butcher their hands. Yeah. It's great, great stuff. And sure enough, he still hasn't sharpened it. So it's they still have to kind of, like, saw at their hands, and then they rub their blood in with the rest of the blood on the spear and their members. And I also know, you know who's up on his 10 acres in Springfield, in Penobscot County, where he owns his, uh, you know, wannabe compound, he has, on average, had three guys up there working with him on occasion, and at least one other guy permanently, okay? And he's living in a camper on this piece of land, which is part of a subdivision. It's a 10-acre piece of land, but the subdivision's much bigger. And he's living in this camper, a 19... 95 camper i think no running water no toilet so he says and he tells everyone that he shits in the woods uh every morning like real men 
like real men. <laughs> Does the Nazi shit in the woods? Um, there's nothing there other than the camper brush piles and like a driveway, uh, uh, not even not paved, like a gravel pad almost, like you'd see in rural Maine, right? That you're gonna, you know, someone gets a wood lot and they start cutting down and stuff like that. So he claims that he was gonna have a building built in time for this winter that he was going to have an insulated building built by this winter. And I, Andy, I, I hate to say it. I don't think he's going to have it done. So don't know where Hammer's going to live this winter. He really hasn't spent a lot of time on the construction because uh, as we were going to talk about, he's made some major announcements. Uh, one, uh, and we'll get back to this. He's going to Ukraine, Andy. He's going to go to Ukraine and fight the Russians. Oh, my God. So he's in training right now. And that training takes up at least four hours of his day. And that training is Stairmaster. Okay. He's been because apparently there's lots of battlegrounds on stairs in Russia. And we're going to get back to that in a second. But he um, had these guys hanging out and helping him split wood and andy both you and i heat with wood and we know how much wood we go through in a year is this for their campfire i guess to keep them warm this winter because he does have a wood stove that you could use in a camper but <laughs> good luck with that they're gonna kill themselves if they make it out of ukraine alive they might die in a camper fire right right they have four splitting malls and they split Almost, I would say, a cord of wood. Wow. They've got almost a full cord of wood. Now, for people that don't heat with wood, I go through about six and a half cord of wood a year. And I have a very nice insulated south-facing house. Andy, you heat with wood. We go through like five or six. Yeah, about five cords. I, I don't have just a wood stove, though. Right. You use the oil burner, right? Yeah. So I think Hammer's going to have to get some more wood put away before. And his stuff obviously is like green. And it looks to me mostly be spruce. Anyways, so he's up there all summer working out at, guess where? Planet Fitness, okay, in Bangor. Because if you remember from episode one, Andy, when we talked about the feds going up to the Lincoln-Springfield area where he hangs out and telling everybody that he hangs out with, that he was a Nazi because he wasn't admitting it. They didn't see his tattoos of swastikas, I guess, right? So they went to that gym in Springfield, the only gym in Springfield. That's where he was working out, but the feds went there and apparently Hammer's persona non grata at the, Spring I'm sorry, at the Lincoln. It was Lincoln where he was working out. So there's, he lives in Springfield, Lincoln's nearby. That's where the gym was, where the feds went and said, hey, this guy's a Nazi. So that was back in February. Flash forward to June when he got back after doing some really bad antics out across the United States. He signed up for a Planet Fitness membership in Bangor with his friends. And he goes and spends, he says, four hours a day there. Okay? Wow. Kind of a weird place to work out when you have land and stuff. You know, you want to be clearing land. Yeah. And yet he goes and, and works out as opposed to like just work on the land. So I don't think he's made a ton of progress on his tiny house compound for Nazis. And But he is growing his national presence. And we're going to talk about it. His plan to fight Russians and Ukraine and his other plan to lead the largest Nazi march in the United States since 1939. Okay. Oh. But first, just an update on his local activities. 
I want to talk about uh, the Allagash White beer uh, incident. Okay, so he's a neo-Nazi influencer. I can't even believe that's a word, neo-Nazi influencer, right? But he's very popular on Telegram with a certain group of people. And when he returned to Maine in June and he starts doing some clearing of land and having some fires, he would like promote himself drinking um, an Allagash White beer. And he would just make all these very racist comments about Allagash White. Look how good Allagash White is. It's in the name. All this just really lousy, lousy stuff. I'm not even going to repeat. Okay. You, you don't want to be the official beer of the neo-Nazi movement in Maine. Not at all. And now this was happened just around that whole that was happened just around the same Bud Light debacle. Remember back to the Bud Light debacle, right? Where it was like, a, oh, yeah, you know, all the chives were like shooting up their cases of Bud Light because they didn't like a spokesperson. Uh, whatever. OK, so I'm thinking I'm going to reach out to the owner of Allagash. Right. So I had uh, shared videos and photos of Hammer promoting their brand. Right. I mean, he's literally promoting their brand. And uh, I didn't hear back from Allagash. Meanwhile, Hammer, who listens to this podcast, so let's say something to him. Hey, Hammer. How's it going, buddy? Fuck you. Anyways, <laughs> Hammer, okay, he was monitoring my social media, and he sees that I did this post about Allagash and that he's, you know, saying that Allagash is good for white supremacists, or to put it mildly. And then he, like, bragged to his followers that Allagash wouldn't give a damn about him doing this. They probably like and encourage it or whatever. Yeah. Okay, pal. All right. So anyways, after a couple of days of silence, uh, I heard back from a PR person for the brewery and they responded with this official. And I would say, in my opinion, a pretty freaking great statement. So Andy, could you read the Allagash breweries response to hammer promoting their beer? First, we have to say that we're horrified, disgusted, and saddened to have to address an issue like this. The views held by this white supremacist couldn't be further from Allagash's purpose, values, and mission. We're constantly working to increase inclusivity and equity in our community in total opposition to this person's beliefs and rhetoric. We initially hesitated to comment because we didn't want to provide a larger platform to a message that runs so counter to our mission. But after much discussion, we felt that we had to make it extremely clear and that we vehemently oppose everything this person stands for. We're repulsed to see our product used in this manner. We collaborate with and give a good portion of our revenue to nonprofit partners working to build community in a positive and inclusive way. The reality is that by buying our beer, this person is actually contributing to our efforts to increase racial equity and justice. We're saddened to have to be addressing this but are also invigorated to continue working to make our community a more equitable and hate-free place. Sincerely, Allagash Brewing Company. Kudos. Yeah. I don't know how much stronger you could get without using the N-word, meaning Nazi. Right. Right. They're not going to call him a Nazi. It was a lot better than what Slates did, remember? <laughs> In Hollowell. All are welcome, <laughs> even Nazis. Everybody, Nazis included, right? Yeah, I wish more corporations would take a stance like uh, Allagash did. Andy, what, what are your thoughts about how Allagash responds to something like this? You're kind of in PR a little bit. I, I think it's good that they did this. Uh, I think they were probably sort of gauging like how much traction this was getting. Um, and, you know, I, I think that maybe they thought that if people weren't aware of this, they just come out and say, hey, by the way, we don't want this guy up in Springfield drinking our beer. 
uh, maybe they'd be like, where, where did that come from? But um, I think it's a great statement. And, you know, I feel comfortable buying Allagash. Oh, without a doubt. I purchase Allagash on occasion. Yeah. I'm more of a, I'm not going to say the brand of beer that I drink because I don't want to give out any unpaid endorsements. <laughs> but there are many great beers in Maine, and Allagash is obviously one of the best and obviously one of the best companies. I know uh, from talking to other people in the beer scene that they are a very progressive company and they work with all sorts of great groups and they're not going to really tout their own um, horn as as much as I'd like to say, hey, keep it going. I like to see responsible, progressive businesses in Maine. More power to Allagash and thank you for the work that they do in their community. So I, I want to see them put out like an Antifa ale or something like that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Black block porter, you know, that would be nice. I've got another example of a kind of similar corporate behavior. And this is that cliche. Remember, not all heroes wear capes. Okay. Uh, Planet Fitness. Uh, you know, do you work out at Planet Fitness, Andy? Uh, no, but I once did some work for the founder. He was a real character, really into QAnon, oh. actually. Oh, and actually, I remember that visit, right? <laughs> did you, didn't he shower you with gifts? Yeah, he had a professional joint roller next to him who just like right. sat there and rolled joints on a silver platter all day. He doesn't own it anymore. He doesn't own it anymore. It's a national chain for people that don't know. It's a national chain of gyms. And there's locations across Maine, at least a half dozen, if not more. Here's a little bit of news. Planet Fitness has banned Hammer and they revoked his membership. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you gotta be pretty lame in order to get banned by planet fitness. Yeah. Right. I would guess, you know, <laughs> they want everybody there. Uh, so he posted this, this is kind of weird. He posted this screen grab of an email to him from an entity tagged PF. Okay. And the, the, the email was telling hammer, he wasn't welcome anymore because of his offensive t-shirt. And at first I thought PF, right. We're covering chuds. A Patriot Front, right? And I know that Hammer has like squabbled with Patriot Front. So I'm like, Patriot Front's telling him. And then I figure out, no, it's Planet Fitness. And it turns out it's the Bangor location of Planet Fitness that banned him. Oh. So he drives from Springfield to Bangor every day to work out for four hours and then drives back uh, to Springfield. Um, but the Planet Fitness banned him because of his offensive t-shirts and because of his swastika tattoo. Okay. So before he was banned, Hammer kept on bragging. Like he was on all these podcasts and on telegram, how he's working out this four hours a day. Right. Like I said, on the stair climbing machine, because he's going to climb lots of stairs during the Ukraine Russian war that he's going to fight. And he talks about how you have to be fit. You have to be fit. You have to be fit. Right. It's a major thing with him. As you and I know, he was on steroids for a while. And then quit steroids and quit drinking. Oh, but apparently he's drinking again, right? Because he's drinking the Allagash. I would but, be too if I got banned from Planet Fitness. <laughs> well, I reached out to Planet Fitness, okay? And an employee explained the situation, okay? So apparently, Hammer was there a lot, right? A real lot. And he was creeping on lots of women at the gym. No surprise there, right? I mean, he's a scumbucket. And the employee said they've been watching him like a hawk. Now, he's only been a member there since June, okay? And what, we're at the end of July. And they were just watching him like a hawk because apparently there's like some sort of 
gym rule violation that they have to do in order to kick him out, right? They they just can't say, you, you're out of here, right? There's some sort of like membership agreement. But not if they, you're like creeping on women. <laughs> That's not one of the rules. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't spend any time at a gym, so I don't know what the scene is like. And I don't know if without meaning the woman would have to file an actual complaint. I don't know. Oh, okay. But they were watching him, right? So they're watching him like a hawk. And as soon as they could, they they gave him the boot. And it was because one day he ended up wearing a T-shirt that they decided was offensive. And plus, they had spotted the swastika ink. And the managers decided that was enough. So they told him to scram. Really didn't matter because he was leaving town. So this is, uh, we'll go back to about 10 days ago. We're talking about... Uh, the first week of July, but maybe around July 10th, 11th, 12th, uh, he left Maine. And we knew he was going to leave Maine because he's got like terrible OPSEC. And like he'd said earlier in the summer that he was going to be returning to Ohio where he did these other actions with his Blood Tribe Ohio chapter. And that was going to be in mid-July. Here's what I don't get, though. This is like when you hear like musicians, like touring bands start farms or something. You got to choose one or the other. You know, if you're going to start like a, you know, intentional Nazi community and you're trying to build all these houses and then you just leave in the middle of the summer to go off on a on a tour or something like that's not going to work. I, I don't know how he's going to be ready for, for 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 winter, you know. I really don't want to give him advice because he listens to the podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but he's such an idiot. He's such he's so stupid, right? I mean, he's smart for a Nazi, but that's not saying much because they're all low IQ, but okay. So like the way we do it here in Maine is we, because I homestead, right? Uh, I work really hard outdoors during the spring, summer and fall, right? And then come winter. I lock myself basically in my writing shack and I work on my writing all winter and then come spring, boom, back outside doing all this stuff. Well, he could do that same schedule and then go on the road to Southern places in the winter. Yeah. I can't believe I just give him that advice, but he, I think he, I think he over, uh, he's an overachiever for, especially for someone of his intelligence, because as you'll hear, he's got a bunch of stuff going on. So, uh, he left Maine, right, at the best time of year to be in Maine, <laughs> July, August, September. Literally the best time to be in Maine. But he leaves, and he goes to Ohio. Well, on last Saturday, uh, July 15th, he appeared at a rally in Toledo, Ohio. Okay, so that's how we know he left the state. I just want to say one more thing about how both Allagash and Planet Fitness responded because they show they have some backbone. Andy, I'm sure you remember how Hammer makes his money, right? How does Hammer make his money? Selling merch. And what's the other thing? Tattooing. Right. And as you know, tattooing is heavily regulated in Maine. It's an inspected industry. You have to be licensed. Your facility has to pass a very rigorous inspection. And we know that Hammer is giving tattoos in Maine. We know he's giving them in his camper. He's giving them in other people's homes. We know he's giving them in Bangor motels. Okay. Yeah. So late in March, I reached out to the Maine Center for Disease Control, and they're the ones that oversee the ink industry, just to see if he was licensed. No, they have no record of Chris Polehouse. 
And so I filled them in and provided them video clips and social media posts by Hammer, right? Videos of himself saying, hey, look at this tattoo I just gave in Maine today, right? <laughs> Actual videos. And I even ID'd it as being at a gas station in the town of Lincoln, okay? Social media posts, same thing. That was sketchy. A gas station parking lot tattoos? I don't know. Anyways, a week, uh, maybe two weeks ago, he posted, it's strange, again, that, you know, that he says this stuff, but he's in Bangor, and then he shows the tattoo, and it's obviously a motel room. You can tell by, like, the... You can tell by the picture that it's in a motel room or a hotel room. So he's given tattoos. It was in late March that I reached out to the CDC, okay, and told them that Hammer's given tattoos, and you think they would respond, right? Well, especially since I shared the fact that he's a Nazi and all these videos of him saying, look, I'm, in, I'm the only one who gives these Nazi tattoos, because that's his speciality. Oh, okay. He gives Nazi tattoos, right? Gotcha. So there's a demand for that. He must advertise in certain forums and just say, yes. want a Nazi tattoo? And word of mouth. Ah. So it's only Nazi tattoos. It's not like he's doing like um, shamrocks or butterflies. I don't want to go into gory details of dealing with the PR flack for the main CDC because, first of all, that's you know to be expected when you deal with some type of communications people for state agency, okay? Because they're really, a lot of them aren't really good at communicating, but they've told me they can't do anything about pole house because they don't have a street address, okay? Right? No. Well, this is great, though. So we can get, get away with anything we want as long as we just uh, run it from a camper or something like that. It doesn't have a permanent address. It, it, since there's no mailbox with a number on it, yeah. right? Yeah. And as you know, in rural Maine, especially in rural parts of rural towns, there are many places you don't have to have mailboxes nor addresses because that's just not the way it works out in rural land, right? Yeah. You you may have a right of way through somebody else's property. There's not even going to be road access, right? Right. His is actually a 10-acre lot that's part of a bigger and I hesitate to use the word subdivision, but it's a subdivision. We think of subdivisions like in a you know suburbia with like twenty houses or whatever. This is like a subdivision of a hundred and forty acre chunk of this really low quality woodland. It's already been picked over, right? It's wet places. Yeah. So he's got like ten shitty acres and one hundred and forty acres that there's no development whatsoever, and there's like one shack like the next lot over. So there isn't even a real road. Okay. <laughs> so this is how he ended up here. I mean, not Ohio. He keeps going back to Ohio. And I was like, why the hell does he live in Ohio? And I'm like, oh yeah. Because he know. owns this piece of land in Maine. He's but got this, well, he's got this, two main two and a half, three years left on the note. It's okay. A, it's a four-year note that he has with another guy. And uh, you know, apparently they're paying it off because they haven't been evicted off the land. So in, in another two years or whatever, he'll own it outright. And, you know, from Google Earth, you can actually see the camper and the gravel driveway and pad, okay? <laughs> and from the road, sometimes you can even spot a swastika flag that he flies <laughs> on a tree. Wow. Okay? So, anyways, I provide the CDC with the latitude and longitude of his camper and the spot on the land there, okay? I also sent them a map image and a copy of the subdivision map from the Register of Deeds in the Penobscot County. All right. That was in late June. 
I check in this week. Like, I ain't driving up there. <laughs> it's too far. <laughs> no address. How am I going to find this? There's no, there's no mailbox. They're, they expect there's going to be a, like a mailbox with a swastika on it. And it says like swastika tattoos here. Right. <laughs> right. So neon sign, like neon sign blinking Nazi tattoos, Nazi tattoos. Right. Well, I checked this week and the PR hack repeated themselves, said, you know, crash. With no address, there's going to be no inspection. And, I, and I'm i like, ah, I've given you the latitude and longitude. I've given you a map. I've given you Google images. I've shown you exactly where the thing is. But apparently, because he doesn't have a mailbox or whatever, the CDC is not going to be able to find it. So it's just weird. Like that Planet Fitness and Allagash Brewing are like much more anti-fascist and anti-Nazi <laughs> than the Democrat-controlled main government. Okay? So I'm, I don't know what to do next. Yeah, maybe you give me some. I'm thinking I should check in with the governor's office to see why there is no action by the CDC on this. But Andy, you're the government expert here. Thoughts on that tactic? I mean, I have no idea. Sometimes these enforcement agencies don't have enough staff to handle all the complaints. You know, it's like labor violations often, you know. Uh, they're so that wage theft is most common form of theft uh, in the United States, but it's seldom prosecuted. Uh, and that that might be what's going on, or maybe it's just like they go, you know, the, the comms person turns to one of the one of the employees and they're like, "Well, I I ain't driving up there; it's too far. I can't I can't make it up to Springfield." But but well, I, I get that when you're saying obviously the, the wage theft thing we know that's a huge issue we see it with restaurants all the time in Maine it's crazy how bad it happens yeah not enforced but that's not what the comms person said to me that would be a legit answer is that you know what just we can't do it because we don't have any inspectors they're telling me it's because they don't have an address right I don't have his mailing address LePage used to always go off about rolling meth labs remember that like these rolling meth yes. labs they're just driving through the countryside and I was like I just like rolling meth labs and then I realized oh it's because they don't have an address so they can get away with it well also I don't want to give away too much creating meth but you you can <laughs> there's a technique of creating meth where you, the action of the car is good right? Because you don't want to settle. So it's oh, you, right, you drive right, right. around with right. your meth mix and your two liter bottle of like Pepsi. It's like they use a soda bottle, uh, whatever. But the state won't know where you are because you don't have an address. They're just like, I, right. I, can't, I can't, there's nothing I can right. do about it. Right. So yeah, it might be hard to catch hammer in the act of uh, actually tattooing. And actually, like you said, you know, enforcement, what is it? It's pretty weak. It's like they say, no, don't do this. And then if he does it again, I imagine if you show them several times that, uh, and then maybe bring it to the AG's office, you say, look, there's this guy who keeps on doing illegal tattoos in Maine and nothing the CDC will do will stop him. You know, maybe there'd be some more aggressive, like uh, ignoring a government order or, or something like that on the criminal end of it. Right. But it'll take a long time, a real long time before that to happen because first of all, they won't go there, right? <laughs> right? right. So they won't even start the ball rolling. Okay. So, but right now it's like, okay, even if after this podcast they go, okay, we're going to go inspect. Well, I'll be like, you know what? You'll have to go to Florida now because he left Ohio and he's in Florida and he's not going to be back in Maine until fall. And by then you guys won't care anymore. Right. And anyways, he left Maine a couple of weeks ago to go to Toledo, Ohio. And it was on 
the 15th, so a week ago from when we're recording, and he did another action where it was a, an adult uh, event. So it wasn't like a drag queen story hour at a library that these guys always like to say because they're like going after kids or whatever. This was a fundraiser for a local charity. Sounded like a good time, actually. Lots of bands, food, you know, just a normal um, family-friendly meaning 18 and up. But if you... If you're with your parents, you could go if you're under 18. And a guy from Maine shows up, shaved head, with uh, at least 13 or 14 armed, red-shirted, masked people yeah. to protest outside it, okay? So they go after these. Uh, it was it was like, what? Like, what are you doing here? And part of it is like the surprise tactic, right? Yeah. There was no announcement that where they were going to go. And that's his, that's his new style, okay? It's like- Flash mobs. Exactly. Nazi flash mobs. They love doing that wow. lately. You know, it's like NSC 131, you know, National Socialist Club. They love to do their flash mobs in the rural city and then run away in a U-Haul or whatever. It's, I don't know. It just seems like kind of lame. It's their new technique. And we're going to talk about why they do that. I want to talk about Ukraine first here because that's the biggest thing. Okay. And that's why he's always on podcasts. Nobody's having it on podcast because he does these protests now. It's, he's he's becoming a leader in the movement because he's going to go to Ukraine. All right. But one more thing about that whole uh, situation in Toledo. That's just if it wasn't so heinous, it would be laughable, right? If they if these guys weren't so dangerous because they're dangerous. Yeah. Because they're 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 dumb and they're heavily armed and they have an agenda. But if, if they weren't so dangerous, it'd be laughable. But so they went to this you know, protest this, you know, family friendly event or whatever. Right. And then holding tiki torches. Okay. Like then we, you know, tiki torches, it's like, okay, we call them tiki torches, but what they actually are, are those anti-mosquito torches. You know what I'm talking about? Like the ones they used in Charlottesville. <laughs> <Like a> citronella. <laughs> yeah. Citronella. They have citronella candles. Okay. <laughs> and straw containers. Cause they're what? Maybe worried the mosquitoes will bite them. The Bill Gates mosquitoes. That's right. The Bill Gates genetically engineered mosquitoes are going after the Nazis. So they have to have citronella tiki torches with them as they march from the Pride event to a local Jewish community center. Okay. And this is on Saturday. And it was after sundown. Okay. So it was the Jewish Federation of Greater Toledo's campus and a town next to Toledo where three synagogues call home. Okay. And so the Nazis are marching there after dark with their tiki torches, right? And they're marching like they're soldiers. And there's a couple of heavily armed guys because they're wearing the full, you know, all the gear and carrying like an AR-15 and hammer. He's side-armed and they're carrying these tiki torches and they march to the empty parking lot of the Jewish Federation of Greater Toledo because it's after sundown on Saturday. Sabbath is over. Nobody's going to be at the Jewish Center. Everybody's home, right? So there is literally not a single car at the Jewish Federation's parking lot. And they're like, huh? Like, where is everybody? They go on to the Jewish Federation's private property, but there are some cops who are following them told them they have to go stand on the sidewalk across the street. So they went and did this like 100% empty protest with, you know, 
torches and guns. You know, they're so based, right? Like to show up at the Jewish Federation of Greater Toledo. But after that, so it's now getting a little bit later on Saturday night. Uh, the final thing they did was they'd gotten the flag from the local chapter of the Proud Boys. Uh, it was a banner, Ohio Proud Boys, and they burned it. So they went to a wow. a pride fundraiser, Jewish center, and then burned the Proud Boys flag. Okay, so so this is a feud he started with the Proud Boys. Oh, yeah. There's a big battle right now between Proud Boys because they actually call them Pride Boys. Okay, this is how it's shifted. This is how we live in such a clown world. Yeah, the Nazis called Proud Boys Pride Boys because they say so that Proud Boys are woke. Okay, okay, because I yeah I saw that video online of a bunch of Proud Boys like screaming at some like online Nazi nerds that were dressed up in I think it was Patriot Front maybe. Uh, there was actually a, a thing out in Oregon too with the uh, I think it's called Rose City Nationalists, and they were actually got in a fight with the Proud Boys over connected to a Pride event. The Proud Boys were there to perhaps protect the Pride event. I mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, that pamphlet, I don't know if you've you've read that, the Proud Boys pamphlet that came out of the congressional investigation. No, I haven't. Basically said that they accept gay men into their fraternity as long as they don't hit on them or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember. But... <laughs> Well, Milo, right? Milo's one of them, and he's gay. I mean, there's there's like varying degrees of hate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You hate uh, everybody. You hang out with the Nazis, right? But if you if you hate everybody but fellow gay Western chauvinists, right? Because that's what Proud Boys are about. They embrace Western chauvinism. They're not actually. They're Jewish Proud Boys, right? Yeah. So on the spectrum, if we looked at it like on a linear scale, like Hammer and his guys are all the way over on the right. I mean, you know, you and I know this big time because we can map out who they are. But like it's it's hard for the general public sometimes to realize that we're just used to the alt-right. Right. But there's like varying degrees of alt-right and Patriot Front. They're in the middle there. Right. Between Proud Boys and uh, Hammer and Hammer, again, the blood tribe and. Also, and we're going to talk about his, there's a big thing in Florida, the Goyam Defense League. Oh, God, those guys. But before we get to the Goyam Defense League and okay. their upcoming march with Hammer in Florida, before that, which is supposed to be the biggest, biggest Nazi rally since 1939. Okay, we'll return to that. So he wants to do like the German American Bund. Uh, Madison Square Garden. And if you look up the video of that, that is pretty scary, right? So he's saying, I'm just looking at this from a wordsmith perspective, right? Because somebody's copywriting this stuff out. It's the biggest one since 1939. So that was the biggest one ever. They're not going to get to that. What he's saying is basically surpassing George Lincoln Rockwell. He's going to have, because George Lincoln Rockwell has had the biggest Nazi. And when they talk about the march, they're saying under marching underneath the swastika flag. Okay. So this will be the biggest swastika march since 1939, meaning he's now bigger than George Lincoln Rockwell. But we're going to return to that. And I'm going to get you to explain who George Lincoln Rockwell again is. But this is what I really want to talk about for the longest time. 
and we just haven't gotten to it because we've been busy. But Hammer wants to go to Ukraine, right? He's going to go to Ukraine with a group of Nazis from Maine, four of them, apparently. From Maine, really? Yes. And, well, I know that he said he started with four, and that's his group in Maine. And then it's now branched out to 12 or so. But they're going to head over to Ukraine sometime, not this summer, but possibly next summer. And they'll have to go via Poland, right? And they're going to have to probably buy all their gear and their vehicles and everything over there, okay? And then so they'll fly over to Poland, and then they'll get in their vehicles with all their guns, and then they'll cross the border into Ukraine. And then they're going to just start killing Russians, I guess, right? Or volunteer to kill Russians. Well, explain this to me. So... You know, I think a lot of people would think that most right-wing extremists are on the Russian side of America. But then there's also supposedly not, you know, a Nazi battalion or whatever in Ukraine. Like, is this, is this what this is all about? It is to a certain degree. The more um, Orthodox Christians, okay, they're attached to the Russian Orthodox Church. Oh, okay. Which is like the Russian, you know, they believe in Russia. Russian Orthodox Church has actually like come out in favor of the war, kind of. And so like there's that thing. And also there's lots of Putin fanboys on the right, right? Because they love like strong dictators. Um, and the uh, acknowledgement that Russia isn't communist anymore makes it much easier for those chuds to like unite with Russia. However, on the flip side of it, there are people who've already left the United States to fight in Ukraine, including one of these Boogaloo boys who has a Maine connection who is here. I have this video of him training in Maine. I've shown you this video. He jumps out of a car and he's like shooting a machine gun, whatever. He's a guy from Virginia. Hawaiian shirt. Yes, yes. Camouflage (laughs) Hawaiian shirt. Cargo shorts or whatever the uniform is. And machine guns. So there were some Boogaloo boys who went over right away. And then there's a couple different weird battalions of volunteers headed over or already over there. And the Intercept wrote something about this last week and actually mentioned Hammer in it. And if we go back and even look, you know, kind of pull the macro view of this, there was a brigade or a battalion of Ukrainians, the Asimov. I'm not probably not even pronouncing that right, but because I just said Asimov, but something like that. (laughs) Isaac Asimov. But whatever it is, that it, it was a extremely far right infiltrated by Nazis battalion, though Intel from months ago, because I'm watching this stuff, was saying that basically all the Nazis were used as like cannon fodder, right? Like we call them meat shields, right? That's you know, you put the 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 young and dumb up front on the front lines to be massacred by the Russians, right? So like they're like, hey, if we got to have guys die, why not have the Nazis die? Right. Makes sense to me. And, you know, Ukrainians, there are, you know, not all Ukrainians are far right. And what the president's actually Jewish. Right. So they're not Nazis. Okay, there was a Nazi element to it. But I've heard from Nazis in America that they're saying, oh, the Nazis all got used as cannon fodder. Okay, but then doesn't matter to uh, Hammer because he's he's a moron. Okay, so, of course, the number one question, this is the question I would say is like, why would someone and you kind of hit on it earlier, who's trying to set up a Nazi compound in Maine, <laughs> like suddenly head overseas to fight in like somebody else's war, right? Yeah. 
Okay, well, I have a clip here of Hammer answering this question, and um, it's in a podcast, a, a Nazi podcast. I don't want to mention by name because I don't want to, you know, platform them. So uh, in some of these clips, you might hear the host talking. But, you know, the the host just asked that question, and this is what Hammer said. The reward of experience, the sure. ability to possibly expand Bloodstom, expand Blood Tribe, uh, grow our power. Uh, acquire resources, acquire equipment to take our organization to the next level and become something that we wouldn't be able to become unless we engage with the military theater. Does that make sense? He's up until the point where you do that, you're just a LARPer, you know, and uh, this would give us uh, sharp teeth and um, a, a clear advantage over a lot of groups a lot of people and our enemies right now sure uh we could all die in a blaze of glory but that's kind of badass too man i i mean <laughs> well you're you're a pagan so you believe in dying in battle right like yeah but i mean highest I, honor before i was a pagan i was okay with the idea you know i okay so <laughs> hammer's okay with the idea of dying in battle in ukraine so i think that's something we have in a in common i'm okay with hammer dying in battle in ukraine too it's amazing because he's just like oh yeah well i don't want to look like a larper so i just might go over and get killed in a war over there that'd be pretty badass because <laughs> i'd get some experience or something like that like it's an internship and if and he dies he's a pagan so he goes to valhalla and, and he lives in glory forever because he really believes in that stuff remember we as we talked i about just heard that he was into pagan i didn't realize that he was a pagan <laughs> he might be into pegging uh but he that host i'm not gonna say his name is notorious for bad pronunciations he recently <laughs> called herbal medicine he says herbal medicine but he said herbicidal medicine so it's like herbicide the guy's real dumb i mean if you're hosting a nazi podcast you're a moron anyways right so Remember, Hammer is a Marine Corps veteran, but he has zero war experience, never deployed. Okay, but he wants to kill, as we'll hear in this clip. I spent a lot of my life, you know, putting my neck out on the line for much less noble causes. You know, I, I joined the United States Marine Corps. I was ready to die for this freaking shithole country, and that was silly compared to this. This is a chance where I can take something i'm good at the application of violence and uh make something of it right and um yeah you know there's other perks like adventure and uh just seeing the world and and, and having some bonding time with the boys but it really comes down um mostly to evolution i think us evolving into something that uh, will be unrefutably superior yeah Right. Okay, Andy, we've seen white supremacists and other Nazis like Hammer, how they join the U.S. military, right? Right. To right. get training or yeah. access to get weapons, to steal weapons or ammo or secrets. I know you've monitored some guys. Oh, yeah, from Maine who joined the Marines. Right. And from uh, involved in uh, Adam Waffen and those kind of Nazi groups. Oh, that's right. It was Adam Waffen. I forgot who it was. Yeah, totally. So, and we, and he was a UMaine student too, right? Didn't we find a UMaine student? One was a UMaine student, and I got UMaine to acknowledge that. Uh, the other one was uh, a high school student at the, at the time from down east, and he went to go join the Marines. 
That's right. Okay. So yeah, they join the Marines because they'll learn how to shoot guns real well. I mean, obviously that's free training for the white supremacists, right? Mm -hmm. And um, they also try to steal weapons and ammo. That's happened a lot. And if we look at Defense Department reports about that, they're like, their hands are tied because it's it's so easy to steal if you're the one counting, right? So uh, Hammer's hoping that experience in fighting and killing and warring in Ukraine is something that he can bring back to his compound in Maine, right? Where he can train others, right? So he's going over to get experience that he can then bring home. Uh, can I say this? Yikes, right? It's terrifying. It really is. I mean, it's 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 terrifying. These guys would love to start. You know, it's it's just a continuation of of uh, of siege and and uh, Turner Diaries and all this stuff. Which, a quick aside, Hammer just started selling his own copies of Siege. Okay, uh, his Hammerstein Hammer store, whatever it is. I'm not going to give the name of the store, uh, but he sells the book siege which i imagine is in public domain or something if he's able to do it do his own copy and sell it i just don't think the guy has any money to enforce his copyrights ah, <laughs> that's for sure right so they're all so they're all the white supremacists are like i'll sell the book i'll make the money if he doesn't if he can't come after me right well again i mean these you know it's cutthroat being a nazi this next clip will show just how little hammer understands geopolitics I will fucking go to Ukraine myself just to shoot some fucking Russian communists just for the fucking sillies, the giggles, the laughs. You need to have your fucking moral justification. Oh, this is the last stand of the West or whatever bullshit you're trying to spew. I would do it just for the sillies. That conversation just evolved into more of us in Blood Tribe just going, yeah, we'll go. Who else is with me? I'll go too, you know, and it started with like a fire team and now we got like a squad going. Okay, so a fire team in the Marines is four and a squad is about 12 to 14. Okay, this is like how they break down into smaller groups. So he's saying that he's got a dozen violence-seeking Nazis on his team, right? That's what I hear. He's like, I who are still stuck in the Cold War and think that Russians are communists. <laughs> right, yeah. Living out a red dawn fantasy or whatever. Putin's Putin's real commie, right? <laughs> I mean, they, that's what I'm saying. He just doesn't understand. They're not they're not smart enough to understand that Putin ain't communist. But whatever, it, it's going to get worse here too. I'm going to I'm going to play this other clip just in case there's any question of his violent nature, okay? And and how he wants to go to Ukraine to kill. I can say for sure that there's nowhere on earth where I can violently apply my will and force things, you know, through violence into my direction. That's the only place on the earth where I can do that. So, and that's something to me. Dr. O'Brien, would you say this is a psychopath or a sociopath? Oh, geez. Uh, I don't know. I'd say psychopath, but that's very informal. I'm, I, I I can't uh, diagnose him. I'm not qualified to do that. <laughs> right. That's a, He wants to go there because he has these violently violent urges and he can apply his will and force things that. OK, I'm going to uh, quote here violence into my direction. That's the only place on Earth where I can do that. OK, so that's why he's going over there. He's like a war 
You could go to like Yemen or someplace. Like, wait, you oh, know. but here's the thing I forgot to mention. Ukraine, despite having a Jewish president, is 100% white. They believe it's, it has a strong um, nationalist, gotcha. national socialist. And they actually, here's another thing about Russia that I forgot to mention, is that apparently Putin and his crowd put over 8,000 national socialists in the gulags in Russia. That's why hardcore Nazis like Hammer are anti-Russian. So they hate oh. Russia because of the gul- recently. I'm saying since, you know, in the last 10 years, there's been a mass jailing of Nazis in Russia. And then Russia, of course, is using Ukraine, saying Ukraine's Russian. Uh, Ukraine is Nazi, but Ukraine is actually not Nazi because they have a Jewish president. Uh it's well, so who would know about Putin, as we always say, even a blind hog finds an acorn every once in a while. Broken clock twice a day, right? <laughs> Hammer doesn't think that fighting Russians will negatively impact his main settlement. The last Boy Scout was saying, you know, Hammer, you you got something good here building, you know? And I think you do, too, with that, with the main thing and you're, you're starting the community. But that's not stopping, though. That's the that's funny thing about this when I brought this up is a lot of people seem to think that, like, everything else that we're going to do is just going to stop, you know. It, nothing is going to stop. Everything keeps going, you know. We got guys back at home. Everything's going to roll on through, man. This is just some of us doing a little mini deployment together, you know. Yeah. Okay, Andy. So what do you think? You think he's going to be able to – Fight in Ukraine and keep his main settlement rolling. That's a that's a that's a big job. Yeah, I think he'd probably have to focus on the work that he's doing over there. Um, that's insane. Like, I mean, he has he supposedly has what four people, one permanent person working on building the shanty town, and yeah, and <laughs> I think this is going to work out. Can also end up being killed, injured, or taken prisoner. So who knows? That's why I would encourage him to go over there, right? I'd say, Hammer, go over to Ukraine and don't come back until the war's over and you've conquered Russia. And then there's this even, I don't even want to go into it because you and I could talk about conspiracy theories forever, but he had, there's another conspiracy about how they're going to get Zelensky, that all these Nazis are going over there and they're going to get the Ukrainian president out after they take care of Putin. And I'm like, Huh? Like what? You guys better take care of Putin before you go after Zelensky. But again, I'm not giving them any advice. I'm just saying they're always, you know, I feel like they're overextending themselves, which is fine because they'll they'll fail, right? I got one more example of the violence, okay, that espoused by this dude who wants to go to Ukraine. This one is terrible. That's why I said this is the only place on earth where I can violently apply my will. So I understand, sure, there's a struggle in South Africa. Sure, I would love to shoot Muslims in Sweden. But guess what? That would end in a second, and it would be a die in a blaze of... If I wanted to die in a blaze of uh, glory like that, I could do that here too. But that's just not smart. I can go over there. I can engage in this theater. I could kill thousands of Chechens. I could come back home and the American government not give a fuck. The Pentagon might actually be more hands-off with me here after that. Yeah, oh, don't fuck with him or doing what we want him to do right now. So, you know what I mean? Whereas if I go to South Africa, shot like a hundred freaking n****s, 
get on a plane and come home. They arrest me when I land. This guy should not come back. Uh, this is truly frightening. <laughs> and and it's just, you know, it's like he's he's so openly talking about this as if the, the he knows the feds are following him. Like I would, I would guess he won't even get that far. Like he's just a major red flag, and they won't even let him in the country. I listen to a lot of these podcasts, unfortunately, and usually at one point five speed, and then I'll slow it down a little bit. But uh, with Hammer, I always listen to it the whole thing because I feel like when they get in these conversations, they let their guard down a lot because they're talking to like a friendly crowd, and while they're always anxious and worried about surveillance or whatever. Like, if they don't say what they're really thinking, they're not going to get the people to follow them. Yeah. If you if you didn't say all this bad stuff, no one's going to think you're a badass, right? So he's saying what he really is thinking. This is like, yeah, he's a he's a violent person, and he he is not thinking that at that particular moment when he's talking about that that we're going to talk about this on the podcast, right? I mean, he's. Right. He's like trying to convince those people because, and we're going to get to the grift here in a minute, but he's always asking for money, right? There's a, there's a uh, give, send, go that has like $4,575 on it right now. And he had a $5,000 goal because remember hammer wants more Nazis to move to Maine. That's why we, that's why we monitor these guys. Yeah. You and I have always done this. We, it's like, if you're trying to bring more Nazis to Maine, you're our enemy, right? right. If, if, if you're trying to bring more Nazis to Maine, we want to shut you up. Because we want Maine to change. We want Maine to become more diverse. And we want Maine to, to be a welcoming place. But yeah. when these guys who are leaders, and just like Todd Kaczynski, I mean, it's so funny now, because Kaczynski now is like, I mean, he's this weirdo living in a, in a bathrobe. A goofball. <laughs> with like a cache of food in his basement, right? But at one point, he was on David Duke's show every month almost, every couple months, whatever. He's He was friends with um, the the... The little guy from Tennessee, uh, Billy Roper, but now he's nothing. Yeah. And he's been replaced by Hammer because I'm telling you, and I'm saying this not to be alarmist because I'm not alarmed because someone's going to, someone's going to take care of Hammer in some way. Okay. He, either Ukrainians or one of his Nazis, or he's going to get arrested for being a pedo or something like that. Okay. But he can do a lot of damage until then. And he yeah. has big plans. And unlike most of these dreamers, he has a piece of land. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's got the 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 bones there. If he wasn't overextended, he might do a better job. But what's kind of mind boggling to me is that like the Bangor Daily News has not reported on the neo-Nazi trying to set up a homestead. And their- this is what I don't get about that, because <laughs> this guy, this this he's already out there to the people who are following this shit. He's already actively recruiting and the people who are, you know, would be interested in following him to Maine are, are not going to read about it in the Bangor Daily News. Right. It's a totally different audience. And so the argument that, oh, if we don't cover this guy who's like a violent person living in the community, trying to attract a lot of very violent and racist people to Maine to cause problems and harm people, you know, it they're not serving their readers by not reporting on this and you know recognizing it as a, as a true danger to our community and and the people uh the, the vulnerable people who are targets of of their 
um, violence. Think of Bangor's history, right? With, I mean, we can talk about how, you know, uh, Bangor has changed over the years. And there's a Nazi going to the Planet Fitness in Bangor, right? A Nazi leader, a national Nazi leader. And they're not even saying that. You need to know that this guy is here. You may bump into him and you see him because he's got these really weird runes tattooed on the side of his head, right? And he has a Nazi swastika tattoo. Can't miss him. You can't miss him. So, like, people should know who this guy is. And uh, I, I, I don't know why the Bangor Daily hasn't done anything. Well, I know why they have, <laughs> because as they said before, publicly, you know, we don't cover this because we don't want to give them a platform. And you're only giving him a platform if you sit down with him and do an interview and, and transcribe it with no criticism. A Q&A, uh, you know, a conversation with Hammer, okay? And we'll see what happens because the Press Herald very well may be running a story in the main Sunday Telegram this weekend. That would be July 23rd, uh, 2023, about Hammer and his settlement. I don't know exactly what's in the story. Insiders at the paper say that it's been months of, quote, challenges. And that the bosses say it's going to run this weekend, but who knows? Uh. Plus, Hammer recorded the interviews with the Press Herald. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So when they were interviewing him on the road and the, he was actually headed to the gym in Bangor, he's like, I got plenty of time because I'm going to the gym. And it's a long drive from <laughs> uh, Springfield to Bangor. And he has another guy, his sidekick in the car with him. And his very first question for the reporter from Hammer, it's not the reporter asking Hammer questions. It's, you know, he's using this as a uh, as a chance to put his message out. The very first question to the reporter from Hammer was, are you a Jew? Uh, uh, uh. And he posted these interviews on Telegram. Oh, wow. Hammer recorded the interviews with the Press Herald reporters and put them up on telegram and a lot of chuds are doing this now uh corn pop uh, that little uh, yeah. incel QAnon, he's the uh maga freak in waterville he he's done it a couple times now does richard ward do that too i'm not sure richard ward could figure out how to use a tape recorder he might be i haven't seen that he usually just posts the his uh videos right of like him messing right. uh trolling the city council or whatever you know so right. Uh, but I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what the Press Herald coverage is. And I'm not blaming the reporters, whatever comes of this, because a lot of people might not understand, but there is a real chain of command in the newspaper business. And uh, several people have had their fingers in it. So it'll be interesting to see how much of what we've talked about right. they've actually been able to cover, right? They're like This is all new, the stuff about... Um, going to Ukraine and the event that he did last week in Ohio at the synagogue and the pride event. And then this next thing, uh, what we're about to talk about is I'm wondering too about this, because again, this is a guy who's trying to set up a settlement. Plus he's going to Ukraine. Plus he's got his online, you know, uh, influencing he's got to do. He's got to take lots of pictures of himself. So here's the last part of the hammer update. Okay. Andy, you remember handsome truth he's goyam tv he's the goyam defense league goyam tv oh yes he's the leader of those chuds in florida they just go out in public and they cost like people of color and women and you know they harass them on the street in front of the camera 
for the laughs, right? They're just screaming ra- racist epithets. Unbelievable. Unbelievably bad. Okay. And now several of handsome truth. Okay. Uh, they call him HT. I'm going to call him HT for the rest of that because he's not handsome and he's not telling the truth for sure. Uh, and I've, I've actually been aware of him for a while just because of who I monitor. So HT and a couple of his little bitches have been arrested recently. And I'm not totally 100% up on the Florida hate laws, but like they were violating whatever hate laws there are. And he has actually had HT and his Goyam Defense and Goyam TV guys have been in a battle with a Florida sheriff named Mike Chitwood Jr. <laughs> who lots of managers will remember Mike Chitwood. Yeah. His dad was the kind of hardball Philly cop come to Portland in the nineties to clean up Portland as the police chief. And I knew Mike back in the day, his, the father, uh, I interviewed him many times. He was a hard nosed cop, right? Well, his son, has been taking on these Nazis in Florida in a big way. Yeah. They would love to kill him. Richard Ward had jumped into that on Twitter because he was he's a big fan of the Goyam Defense League people. And down in Portland, he was, yeah, he was trying to call Chitwood a snowflake and all this shit. So, you know, they, they get inspired by this stuff and they bring it back here too. I'm pretty sure Chitwood could kick Richard Ward's ass. No problem. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm sure his dad, uh, Chief Mike Chitwood, the old dude, he's probably 80-something. I'm sure he could kick Richard Ward's ass, too. I bet. They could probably tag team him and beat him. Yeah. <laughs> the old man and the son. Okay. So HT yeah. and Hammer have plans for a giant, huge march in Florida in September. Okay. And that's what we were talking about earlier in the episode. They're planning the biggest march since 1939 in the United States where they're flying the swastika. So they're somewhere in Florida. Goyam Defense League and Blood Tribe are co-sponsoring the March of the Red Shirts. The March of the Red Shirts. Because if you remember, Hammer wears red shirts all the time. They He wears a red sports coat. The Blood Tribe wears red sweatshirts with blood tribe on the back right now they're saying they have about 150 nazis committed to this which is quite huge right 150 nazis and here are the rules they are not revealing the date or the time or the location of where this is going to happen okay to anybody other than the higher ups so you have to like willingly as a nazi say okay i'm available for the entire month of september right they might give you a little <laughs> window of opportunity but you 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 have the whole month of september you got to kind of uh you know block off on your calendar and you have to be vetted okay and there's this online bot that vets you the first stage is an online bot and then they have like phone calls and all this other stuff and finally they'll reveal the secret plans and the reason why they're doing it in secret like this the date and location is so they want that element of surprise but they also remember charlottesville and the unite the right rally which turned out to be more of a counter demonstration right if you remember that the 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 right wingers were outnumbered by the leftists and right. um they don't want that to happen again so what the agenda for the day is let me tell you the schedule for the day, and then I'm going to tell you something that I know is going to drive you crazy, Andy. Okay? 
So the agenda for the day is they're going to probably be in like U-Haul trucks, right? And they'll be all gathered. I don't know how many U-Haul trucks you would need to haul 150 guys around. And I don't um, know. Just inhaling each other's stale farts the entire day. They're, they're stink, right? And I don't know. In one of those box trucks, maybe 20 people would be, that would be a lot. Okay. So you're going to need like a lot of U-Hauls to move, you know, 150 guys with banners and all this other stuff around then they'll go to location a and they'll do like their flash mob thing okay and then they'll get back into the vans or trucks and they'll go to a second location probably and do a second flash mob and then it's time to party they're gonna have a big party and they're gonna rent a mansion this really cool mansion and there's a woman's auxiliary i'm like what okay so like Women aren't allowed to march or whatever, but they are allowed to prepare food. And actually, they might even be the drivers of the vans. Okay, so uh, that would be stretching it. The people with the lowest self-esteem in the world are (laughs) women's auxiliary members. Of the Nazi party, of the blood tribe, right? Okay, but that's not what's going to get you crazed, okay? Obviously... This guy believes this stuff, or I believe he believes this stuff. But uh, also, it's a grift, right? Grift, 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 because he sells the merch that they're going to have to wear. And I listened to this other podcast the other day with this guy from Massachusetts with, like, literally the thickest Boston accent you've heard who's involved with NSC 131. But he's an older dude. He's kind of helped. He talks about, like, yeah, I helped them out when they were little. You know, I, you know, he's like a, a mentor. and Rumor. Total, oh, totally, totally groomer. And I could probably pinpoint who he is because he said on this other podcast that he's been double doxxed. Okay. Whatever that means. He's been double doxxed. So this guy is on a podcast and as a caller and ask Hammer, like, uh, Hammer, what are the rules if you're going to be in this march? And Hammer's like, okay, first of all, you're going to have to wear our mask. You have to wear the red shirt, black pants, blah, 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 blah. And the guy's like, I don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> mandatory masking right sounds gay to me but it's a skull mask right okay and sunglasses okay so guess what you have to buy the skull mask and sunglasses from hammer uh, 25.95 plus shipping (laughs) okay so skull mask must cost maybe a dollar to get right and i'm oh yeah sunglasses might be a little bit more because they're those fake oakley's but they have hammer written on the side of them so he's got a monogram. So let's say there's maybe like four dollars, right? So let's say he's got four bucks involved in the merch, tied up in each merch pack, and he's selling them for twenty five ninety five plus shipping and handling. Then you have to wear the red shirt that says Blood Tribe on the back, right? So you have to buy that. I think you can bring your own pants. But let's say you're a Nazi and you have your own small Nazi group, and you're not a member of the Blood Tribe, but you want to march with them. Well, you're still required to wear the mask, so you have to pay the $25.95. And you still have to wear a red shirt, but if you are an actual organized group, you can have your own shirts printed, provided you use the same exact color swatch of red, and it's the same style T-shirt. So you could put your own corporate name on the back, you know, if you're like a, a, you know, a new hampshire nazi and you're not in the blood tribe you want to put like your local new hampshire nazi you could put that on it but you have to wear the exact same color red shirt okay 
And the only people that will be unmasked will be Hammer and HT. Okay. And the guy from Boston's like, oh, I still don't think so. I, I think he should have, he shouldn't have to require the mask, right? And then Hammer is like really trying to convince this guy, like, well, yeah, it's for your safety as well, because you know, what if you get doxxed? He's like, I've been double doxxed, right? So he doesn't care about being doxxed. Well, I've been triple doxxed. <laughs> I've been quadruple yeah. quad doxxed. I've been I was doxxed before you were even a Nazi. That's how he was like an old timer, right? <laughs> They all, all, all try to outdo each other because they're all these like alpha male types, but like really wimpy ones, right? And the podcasts, I got to say, are really boring. If it wasn't the fact I was doing other work, I was doing electric fencing for the pigs when I listened to this, right? And I'm sorry, I apologize to the pigs that they had to listen to these Nazi podcasts, but I had work to do. So anyways, Hammer's trying to convince this dude that, yeah, you got to wear the mask. And then he's like, uh, if they do figure out that you're, uh, you know, I think it was Anthony from Boston. Then the critics, Hammer says, could say, see, all these Nazis, they're not even from Florida, right? Because they could say, look, they bring people from Massachusetts down to, to march. These, this is an invalid march here in Florida because these, because obviously they're coming from all over. Through their marketing, they're trying to get people from all over to descend on Florida. They're wearing the mask with the intent that this is, the Goyim Defense League's local event that shows you how strong they are. But if they can tell that these guys aren't from, uh, you know, Florida, and then the guy's still not buying it. And then Hammer says, so let's say they find out that you're in Florida, okay? Antifa will go to your house in Massachusetts. They'll break into your house, and they might even rape your wife, basically. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that was the, like the last thing. Okay, if you don't wear the mask, they're gonna, Antifa's going to break into your house and rape your wife. I'm like, what the hell? Okay. He, he's really got the hate griff down. It's a hard sell. I mean, he's clearly studied like the second wave clan. You know, he's <laughs> going to start selling like fucking blood tribe candy and like <laughs> so blood tribe Bibles and soap on a rope. And it's just laundry soap. It's just it's it's real classic shit. But it's funny because I, I don't know if there's any other of these groups that have really tried to capitalize on it as much as he has in recent years. I don't think so. What I don't understand is why is he going to Florida? Like, I would think they would want to go to, like, you know, some liberal city. I think it's because of Handsome Truth, HT. I think okay. because they, they needed a population him. center. Uh, huh. You know, there's certain, uh, Miami is, you know, there's there's lots of very Jewish places in uh, Miami Beach, whatever, in Florida, right? So my guess is since they're Nazis, they're probably going to go towards Jewish people. Um, mm -hmm. and since the swastika has such, such, such power, it's probably best used as a weapon at some Jewish community center or something like that. Right. right. So that's sometime in September. They're not given the date. They're not given the time. They're not giving us nothing other than there's going to be 150 Nazis wearing hammers, red shirts, carrying I imagine Hammer's flags, which are currently on back order, uh, he's getting a big shipment of them in soon before this thing, because you have to, not only uh, you have to buy the flag from Hammer because they, he wants the uniformity, you have to iron the flag as well, because everybody knows if your swastika flag isn't ironed, it has the fold marks in it, you'll be called a Fed. So, like, the Feds don't know to iron the Nazi flag. So 
that's where we're at. Feds really want you. The feds don't want you to spend all this money on all of my merchandise that I'm trying to sell. <laughs> the feds don't want you wearing these t-shirts and sunglasses, right? Yeah, it's like, that really triggers the feds. Okay, I have a couple of questions for you, Andy. First, yeah. in earlier episodes, we talked about, is Hammer a fed? Is Hammer a honeypot? What is Hammer? At this point, I, I'm, I don't I, think he's a fed. I don't think he is. No, 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 no. No, I don't think he's a, is he a honeypot? Well, I mean, what's that even mean these days? They all out themselves online anyways, and the NSA could try, you know, whatever. He's definitely an up-and-coming leader and perhaps one of the biggest in the movement. Now. That's interesting, yeah. Because if you look back, like, at Charlottesville, who were the big movement leaders? Like Jason Kessler, you know. Uh, Chris Cantwell. Heinbach. All those guys have been in jail now, right? Or have legal uh, troubles, lawsuits. Uh, Richard Spencer. They're all. He, they're both dis trying to distance themselves from all this stuff because they're trying to re-enter polite society. I right. Think. I mean, at least as far as like uh, Spencer and, and Heinbach. Right. Cantwell is going to be Cantwell no matter what. But he doesn't have a big following. No. Jared I, Howe is like his one follower. For people that don't know Jared Howe, he's a Mainer who was basically Chris Cantwell, who's the crying Nazi, spokes bitch when Cantwell was locked up in jail for uh, Fed charges on interstate harassment, where he like threatened to rape and kill somebody's wife. So he was doing some hard time. And the guy in Maine that we've been watching, Jared Howe, basically rebroadcast the hate so uh, there's all these people around that we're watching and they're none of them have the grift that's a, a you already hit on none of them are making the money yeah. and none of them are as you know out the, the doing real life things one of the things that hammer said about the uh florida march at the end of this very long interview uh he says we're gonna have 150 people unless a lot of grandmothers die and like one of the hosts is like, like confused by it. And then Hammer explains, he goes, before we, every March that we do, every event that we do, we get guys that cancel. So and it's always the same excuse. My grandmother just died. <laughs> Cause like, that's, that's like the one you can't check. Right. Like <laughs> if you say like, Oh, my kid died. Can't go. <laughs> so Hammer was kind of dissing his own guys saying, look, every event we do, every March we do, somebody's grandmother dies so if you care about being a nazi and you care about your grandmother keep your grandmother's health and, and they're like oh i just don't see how they're going to be able to give them enough notice without alerting you know all the feds and you know all the journalists who are probably following their telegram channels and stuff like that you know they have that special code i guess qr code you're supposed to scan yeah well just... guess what the qr code irritated a bunch of nazis okay and that was one of the things of another podcast where the the host is like says hammer i'm gonna have to ask you some hard questions these are questions that people are posting these are not questions from me hammer i love you hammer they like really love to suck this guy off okay yeah. uh, hammer this criticism is not coming from me because i think you're awesome but some people were really upset about the qr code on the poster because they're afraid that they'd get put on some government list and hammer goes if you don't want to use the qr code just go to the link online 
right? It's like <laughs> it's, he sounded almost exhausted. Wah, like, wah. oh my god. Okay, now they're gonna get me for the QR code, right? So it's like I almost feel like some of the stuff he's actions he's doing are to prove that he wasn't a Fed, right? Like you're not gonna go as a Fed go as hard and long as he has right now. No. He's no. so he's proving to them and HT same thing, handsome truth. Highly unlikely he's a Fed because these guys' lives suck. I mean, uh, Hammer admits it at the beginning of one interview. He's living in a camper, a 1979 camper with no running water, and he shits in the woods. Um, and doesn't that remind us of someone, Andy? Could you give us a little bit of a, a, a reminder on George Lincoln Rockwell, the former Mainer who was the head of the American Nazi Party, who everybody compares Hammer to? By the time he died, he was they were living in a in poverty, eating cat food. Uh, you know, it's not a very lucrative um, uh, venture to become a Nazi, um, you know, it, it, at least in this day and age. Unless you are having a march with 150 people that have to buy the masks and flags, and but that's a one-shot thing, right? Even if each guy has to pay 50, 60 bucks to get in it, that's six, seven, eight grand after expenses, six grand. They're going to have a big party. They have to rent the mansion. I mean, it's not like they're making a lot of money. He very well could be doing a bunch of ink down there. That's where he really makes his cash. Oh, yeah, ink. Right? That's true. He's, he, you know, 150 guys are buying the shirts, buying the mask, and some of them are going to get a swastika or, you know, 88 tattooed on them or something like that. And he's yeah. the only one that will do it. Right. But he's got he's also got his Ukraine grift going on. You know, he could pull in some good money doing that. Maybe I, I don't know. That's uh, a harder sell, too, because not everybody in the movement says this is a good idea. Right. right. And then are they really going to fund this part? Well, he kind of alluded to the fact that maybe there's some funding out there for him. And maybe if he makes a trip over Ukraine, he'll get the funding. Oh, yeah, sure. A Nazi from Maine with head tattoos saying you know odin on it basically is going to be able to go to ukraine and like convince them to give him 50 grand so that he can buy an armored carrier and then provide him with weapons and all that stuff. is that what he's trying to yeah, do <laughs> yeah that's what it is and like i said earlier these guys become uh you know meat shields Right. So go over. You'll be in, in line for some mortar attacks, I would think. Yeah. I mean, it's not unheard of, certainly, for American neo-Nazis to, to become mercenaries overseas, uh, you know, particularly back in the 70s and 80s. I think they were going over to Africa and yep. Latin America yep. and stuff and, and being kind of you could answer those ads in the back of Soldier of Fortune and things like that. Totally. You know, make some money. Dirty shit. There's always been this sort of guy who's not only a Nazi, but also craves violence. And uh, Hammer has been able to use the internet to find those people and find four of them to be at least in Maine, I guess, if that's who's yeah. split in wood. At this point, I don't think that he's actually going to make it to Ukraine, right? I just don't think he's got the skills there. There is an actual fundraiser that I knew would push him overseas, I'd probably give five bucks, right? Just to encourage him to go. 
there's a tradition in Maine, and we've talked about it in earlier episodes, but uh, of running people out of town. Yeah. When I was on Matinicus, and you can uh, listen to this in season uh, two of my podcast, Tough Island, where the sheriff was run off the island. Yeah. The Knox County uh, deputy that was put out there to control Matinicus, Maine's most remote inhabited island with like 50 residents on it, was ru- run off the island. Like Maine's version of uh, Walking Tall or something. Yes. Like if there's a history of vigilantism in Maine. Another thing I'm intending, because I love this story. I wasn't there for this one, but this was a crazy one. A guy supposedly had stolen some money. They knew it was him. And then he went into Rockland for the weekend to like, uh, you know, magically buy all the stuff and he was broke, but he'd stolen this money. And while he was gone, the some islanders, a group of island men, went into his house, they turned the power off, and they removed all the electrical wiring from all the outlets, took all the outlets out, removed all the plumbing from toilets to water pipes to everything, took basically all the utilities out of his house, dismantled his house over the course of the weekend. So the all was left was the shell of the house. And the thief comes back, and his, his dooryard is filled with, like, toilets, uh, tubs, all the plumbing, the wire, everything. His house is basically demoed without, you know, the, I think they left the plaster sheetrock up and he moved yeah. up the island. And then when I lived down east in Eastport, right on the border of Canada and Maine, I had a, a friend who was a school teacher who got basically run out of Eastport for something he didn't even do. It was like crazy. I don't even want to go into it. He was a good guy and he got run. So we have a tradition of running people out of Maine. Well, I mean, I, it goes back to before the American Revolution. I mean, I, I was looking at the case of the father of Maine's first governor, um, whose name is Richard King, and he lived out in Scarborough, and Mainers were incensed that Parliament uh, had passed the Stamp Act. And so all these rumors began to fly that he supported the, the tax. And so they... Uh, they they a mob assembled and they just ransacked his house, tore off the doors, heaved furniture out the windows, and then you know made off with his financial records. The main reason why is because everybody owed him money, and so he was aggressively <laughs> trying to collect people's taxes. Uh, you know, and they'd sign it like Liberty Men, you know, because to make it seem like kind of a lofty uh, endeavor. And you know, at the end of the day, uh, he was like the local one of the uh, local selectmen or whatever, and they elected him again because they just wanted to teach him a lesson. He'll be a better leader from now on. We just taught him a lesson. Yeah, there was another case I was looking at this morning. 1764, uh, you know, a mob in Portland uh, boarded a British ship. They were trying to impress sailors, and they dragged them out and dragged them through town and kicked them out. Uh, that was a that was some mobbing that went on. Another one I found uh, in, in Hollowell, where a bunch of Augusta mobocrats, as they call them, showed up to try to run an abolitionist out of town, this British Whoa. abolitionist named George Thompson. And uh, the Hollowell people like stood up to them and they didn't get it done. But the local newspaper editor was so pissed off. He was like, look, we know how to handle rapscallions and grifters and hucksters <laughs> and all sorts of undesirables. If we have a problem, we'll assemble our own mob and get them out of town. But we don't take kindly the Augustans coming down here to mob them. Keep it local. Yeah, exactly. You know, we know how to mob. Let's let us get get the job done and stop 
Geez, unknowingly, it seems like you just gave us some advice. Um, it's almost like it's up to the people of Springfield, Maine, or I would say, argue maybe Penobscot County. Yeah. To get rid of Hammer, you know, I'm I'm down in Western Maine. I don't have a right to go up to Springfield and say, "Hey, get him out." Um, and you're down on yeah. the shore. You can't do that. Nathan's in the big city. It's like we. It's not our job uh, to go mob him out. Yeah. I think it's the local uh, job to mob him out. And I think that I, I, I'm not advocating violence by any stretch of the imagination, but you, what you do is make it so that it's uncomfortable or impossible for him to live. Well, for instance, the guy in Matinicus, he goes back out to his house and like, there's no way to live there anymore. He got the message yeah. that on this Island, he wasn't welcome. And, you know, we think about what people used to do back, I mean, in the olden days, you know, they would salt the well, they would poison the well, they would, you know, ruin the land, they'd burn his house down, whatever. I'm not right. saying that. I'm saying, let's look at it kind of like, okay, any chance you have to make his life unpleasant, whether it be like, okay, sorry, you can't go to Planet Fitness anymore, dude, or you can't go to your Liberty... Um, gym or whatever it is in your small town you you go to a store somebody spits on you whatever i mean make it so that he's not welcome and yeah it's got to be the locals so i mean the most famous though because i always love the story and i love the way you told it too is about uh john Babs. what happened to john Babs? How, how did they get rid of him yeah so uh john Babs, jesuit preacher uh from switzerland actually was up in ellsworth and he was uh fighting back against the 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 town uh because they were insisting on um everybody had to read the king james bible uh in in the classrooms it, it was a lot of anti-catholicism going on back then and so uh they actually ran him out of town on a rail and tarred and feathered him uh, <laughs> right out of town and so you know that was that was a common thing back then you know i, I guess i always thought that was something that happened just in cartoons and i oh, think no. you, you you're you're the one that told me no this is actually legit i guess yeah. you know where Literally i grew up we never tarred and feathered anybody even though i yeah. have worked on a paving crew i know that that would be very unpleasant i mean i don't even know how you would get the tar off like uh it's it's awful i mean yeah it clogs up your pores and every just terrible shit hammer's bald right so like his his head would get covered in tar and feather and i don't know sometimes they would do it with hot molasses oh. you know, they would they would boil some molasses and coat you in it. it it's all up to the people of springfield to decide whether they want to use the molasses or some other thing pine pitch you know there's a lot of things so right. we have to like shame him publicly shame him and the problem is anybody that has like swastika tattoos on them walks around like that. Like it's kind of hard to shame them. Maybe it's, we just have to make it so he can't survive up there. Somebody's like, don't sell him supplies. Don't sell him food, you know, ban him from the Hannaford stores because of the swastikas. Or, right. I mean, the guy's admitting, we hear this tape. We played so many tapes in this episode of him talking about wanting to kill people, wanting to kill Muslims, right. wanting to kill blacks. We wanted to kill Russians, right? I mean, he just yeah. wants to kill and he wants to train people on how to kill. And he wants right. to set it up here in Maine because we've got uh, land and uh, cheap land and cheap guns. You're pretty much a hammer expert. Um, 
because I yeah. put you through this because I beg you to sit down and listen to me talk about this. Like you said, we've been at this for so long. I mean, you've got been going back to the 2002, 2003 uh, Nazi rally uh, down in Lewiston. Um, and it's just been a constant fight to keep these people out of Maine and 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 stop them from organizing. And they always want to come here because uh, of our demographics. Uh, they think it's the right place to organize. And it's um, because we're 94% white. Um, and it really is up to people with power and privilege to um, really stand up and defend our friends and neighbors of people of color, um, gay and lesbian, trans folks who are targets of the of this hate. And, you know, people can't just ignore it, think you can just ignore it, like a lot of the, you know, the Bangor Daily News or whatever that if you ignore these Nazis who are organizing your community, trying to build compounds and things like that, that they're just going to go away. That's not necessarily the case. And, and we really have to be vigilant and we have to keep track of, of these people. So everybody knows where they are and how to avoid them and how to protect uh, vulnerable people in their communities. Can't stop me. If I can shit in the woods in the morning, and I can live without electricity and running water, you're not going to stop me. No one can stop me. That's why the feds are so pissed. They can't stop me. No, Literally nothing can stop me because I'm not going to stop. It doesn't matter how many memes you make. It doesn't matter how much you slander me. It doesn't matter how hard you go after me. It's literally impossible to stop me. The only thing you could do is shoot me. You could try. Thanks for listening. If you appreciate our work and want to support it, please consider joining us on Patreon, where a $5 monthly sponsorship gets you early access to our podcast, plus a signed Mary Margaret print, and a free book after six months. 10 bucks monthly gets you more books and an invite to a private annual meetup in Maine. Visit Crashberry.com for all the details. And please rate, review, and subscribe to The Crash Program wherever you get your podcasts. He's big and strong, he's sad and mad.